Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right. Welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably a bunch of other things, too, with people who love it. I'm your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana, and to my right and to in front of me, the future. Justin is back Yay, on the show. He's been away for so well. The show's been away for so long. Welcome yeah. back, Justin. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. I'm happy. So I have a serious question for you. Yeah. Um, is your flux capacitor worn out? Is my flux capac- capacitor worn out? Yeah. Like Back to the Future? Yes. Yeah, I get it. Uh, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Anyway, <laughs> jokes, jokes. All right. Um, so, well, thanks for... Everyone who listens to the show, I know it's been a while since we put one out, um, but just remember, you know, subscribers are important. Help us out by rating us, reviewing us, subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, I do. Uh, I have a bunch of postcards that have come in over the last couple of months since we haven't uh, done these in a while. But I got this ones? this crazy looking one today. Oh, cool. um, Better call La Placa for our next big production. DannyLaPlaca.com. It's quite a postcard. Check that um, out. So that's that's one side of it. And there's a little picture of him and a stamp with a moon man on it. And then um, a um, very interesting picture on the back. And it says actor Danny LaPlaca. DannyLaPlaca.com. Comedy, drama, IMDb, Actors Access, Casting Networks. Does he have his agent listed on there? No. Interesting. Like you don't him. need an agent. He's got a yeah, website. I guess so. I like that it says comedy and drama. I wonder if there's any actors that are like, I only do drama. Like, yeah. Comedy's not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I think there are some. Interesting. We could get into that. Yeah. All right. So let's get to our guest this week. There, this is a good one. All right. Look, our guest this week is someone who has not only the sweetest disposition of any actor I know, but she is immensely talented to boot. With several significant roles in film, TV, and commercials, she's someone I've wanted to have on the show since we started doing it. If you haven't seen her in Mudbound as Vera Atwood, hop on Netflix after this interview and see her standout performance. Uh, You may also know her from Preacher, Salem, American Horror Story, or a slew of other projects. We know her as Lucy Faust. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you so much, Ryan. (laughs) Thank you. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm great. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You just you just wrapped up on a on a project you've been on for a while, right? I did. I did. I just wrapped on a series called Looking for Alaska, which is for Hulu. Yeah. Um, We know it because y'all. We (laughs) know. That's awesome. All right. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. So. Let's uh, let's just jump right into it. Start from the beginning. Like, who are you? Where are you from? How'd you get started in acting? What's the what's the story of you? You can tell us, you know, whatever you want, or leave out whatever you want. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, um, my name is Lucy Faust. I am uh, from New Orleans, born okay. and raised. And how did I get into acting? Well, I've always loved theater ever since I was a kid. Um, my mom says that when I was three, I saw a production of Oliver and just sat through it entranced from start to finish. So I didn't fuss or anything. So maybe that was a sign. Um, but then I remember what I really remember uh, as sort of the starting point of getting into this whole, the, the whole acting sphere was um, when I was in elementary school, my brother was a, a student at Jesuit High School okay. and he was involved in the theater over there in the lighting department so he was on the lighting crew for the the shows they did so my parents and I would go see all the shows at Jesuit and they were astonishing I mean I hadn't really seen much high school theater and this really set the bar they were directed by Sonny Bory and Jarek Franklin choreographed by Karen Aber. I just remember all this stuff yeah I remember this time period yeah so maybe you saw some of the same plays the only show I saw at Jesuit was uh because my friend Troy was in it who you know yes uh was um Greece Oh, okay. So I didn't see Grease. I think I think I started maybe a couple of shows after, but um, I saw the poster for Grease on the wall. All right. So I was a De La Salle kid, so 
you know, I think we were like theater rivals uh. to Jesuit. I just, I, you know, I'm going to put that out there in case it's true. I don't know if that's still a thing. But. All right. So, so you're going to these places. Your brother was older. Yes. Okay. Yes. He was uh, four years older. And, um, I just, I, I just, I fell in love with all of these plays and, you know, I had a crush on all the guys and I wanted to be all the girls and they were all musicals and, um, I wanted to sing and dance and act and all the shows were again, amazing. But there was one in particular, um, it was a production of Man of La Mancha and it was so good and it, it affected me so much and I have the taped production of it and I still watch it to this day <laughs> really it's just it's so good and um I was watching it once and a friend of my mom's came over and he passed through the library where I was watching and he said oh is PBS putting on a production and I was like nope this is Jesuit High School's production and wow. um I think it was something about like the fact that a performance could have such an effect on a on on an audience member just mm-hmm. that you could have such an impact so this really... so about how old were you then oh gosh um like 12 or so yeah like i, w- I want to say like 11 or, or 12 i guess and it means it was a mature subject matter so i probably didn't quite understand all of it but i just i knew it was there and it started and did, something did you start getting involved in things after that or did it take some time like theater locally or um, I did well once I hit eighth grade, so I must have been, I guess, maybe 10 or 11 when that show, I, I can't remember the exact dates, but okay. when I was in eighth grade, I was old enough to audition for the show as a Jesuit, so I did, and I got in, and I just was like, Of course like, you did, oh, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, she's always so surprised yeah. that she got in. I can't in. believe I booked this. Does that surprise okay. you that you get into things? That that people hire you because you're talented. <laughs> you seem awfully humble. Probably one of the most humble people I've ever met. I mean, I just you know it. You can never take anything for for granted, and like the fact that sure. someone what you know, it's always it's it is. I mean, it's always a surprise that I, I don't that you get to do what you yeah. dreamed of. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So you booked this role. In this so play. so you're in the play. Which which play was it? The first um, one the, at Jesuit. The first one I did was a musical called Tommy. It's by the Who. Wow! It was quite a uh, quite a first production. I was um I was a chorus member, but then the guy who was playing little Tommy, uh-huh. like little kid Tommy, was going through puberty, and his voice changed <gasps> before the show. Oh! <laughs> so they stuck me backstage with a microphone, and I got to like voice over no. sing for Tommy. That is awesome. <laughs> I was really excited about that. <laughs> How did it work out? Did did people notice? Um, I. I, I I don't know actually. Um, How that kid did, feel? Yeah, did he did he go to school there and did he have to deal with that during school? Like, dude, you sing like a girl, or was it <laughs> <laughs> just didn't matter? I think um, he he did go to school there. Um, I don't think he really cared because he got a lot of stage time with yeah. dialogue. It was just the the the, the singing that I got, got to you. do. Um, so I was I was very excited, but the sound for the play was a little bit left a bit to be desired so i don't know how clearly i came across <laughs> to the house but okay. that's okay i felt see that's the that's a true uh perfection of a of a theater piece uh, uh, especially a high school piece where the director would be you know would would need it to be so perfect that they would stick someone backstage yeah. to and not let the kid sing the <laughs> sing the part. <laughs> That's awesome. So then that kind of started your your theater life. That kind of started my theater life, and I I, I kept doing shows at Jesuit. Um, Where did you go to school? I went to Sacred Heart for high school okay. and St Andrews for elementary school. Okay, um, and actually. At St. Andrews, where I was when I was an audience member for the Jesuit plays, uh, every grade did two plays a year, like on a much smaller scale. But so, and I just, I loved doing that. But uh, Jesuit actually had like a big stage and lights and a sound system. So um, when I, when I went to Sacred Heart, I did, I kept doing shows there. And then I did my first non-musical at Sacred Heart when I was a senior, a junior. I did... A Doll's House by Henry Gibson. Oh my gosh! And I loved that. So yeah. it kind of um, it expanded my horizons. Yeah, your, from your palette out. of uh, <laughs> what is A Doll's House? 
Uh, it's a uh, it's a classic. It's a is it heavy? Yes. It's okay. very very All heavy. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the first plays to deal with divorce, Ooh, um, like yeah. written at the turn of the century, and the first audience was so appalled by it that they like rioted in the streets and like it was shocking you know, material. Yeah, shocking material. <laughs> So when you so you started getting involved in high school and this were you all in like were you one of these kids who are like I am all in all theater all the time were you a theater nerd I I I I was I was I was a theater nerd for sure um, I would get so excited about theater news and people would be like what are you who are you talking what I, I don't understand what you're saying and, um, but it was fine because I, I I embraced it and I loved it and I also did some shows I started working with like Southern Rep and Rivertown and um, that was very exciting for me because I was around like you know adult actors as I as I saw them and I sure. was very uh, I was always very nervous but I always learned a lot from them and I just knew that when I went to college I was going to major in theater and all that stuff. So then where, where, how does college happen? Where'd you go and what'd you do? So I went to Middlebury College in Vermont oh. and I initially was looking at it because of its reputation for languages. I really, I really love languages. And so I looked at Middlebury and I also looked at other schools that had very good theater programs. But um, when I went to see Middlebury, when I went to visit, I found out they had this amazing kind of a hidden gem of a theater program. And so the more I learned about it, I thought this is great, I'm going to do this. So um, I went there and they were so excited to have somebody from the South in their student body. <laughs> um, and I I had the chance to play a lot of really um, great roles there in the department and yeah. um, do a lot of competitions like with the Kennedy Center and stuff like that and just really get to know the theater world on oh, a much wow. deeper level and like the irene irene ryan yeah exactly exactly mm -hmm. and so um theater uh like monologue or like a whole play right they like yeah. you compete with an entire like a a school will take their production and yeah. do it competitively is that mm -hmm. so is, that is right? it like head-to-head -head tournament style like kind of but kind uh, of. i mean not in one day right? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so would it be i'm i'm just trying to imagine like do you bring like your sets to a specific place or do the judges yeah come you to bring your school you bring your well they have to come to the school to assess if you move on to Yes, if you move on to the to regionals, the competition. Mm -hmm. and then from regionals to nationals and nationals, I don't know what worldwide domination. I think <laughs> <laughs> yes, always worldwide. Yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think uh, yeah, it's uh, they, they they send scouts out, and um, we they they can choose. They would either choose like performers or entire productions. Um, I think the first time I went was for the Heidi Chronicles. Um, that was the play that they had seen me in, and so, um, and then I forget, I forget the other, which other plays they kind of they they nominate you. That's what mm -hmm. it's called. You're nominated, and you go, and you do a monologue or a scene with a scene partner, and um, you move forward in the rounds, and uh, you know they just kind of whittle down from region, and you just. And then the ultimately you get to perform at the Kennedy Center. Ultimately, perform at the Kennedy Center. Yes. And did you get to perform at the Kennedy I, Center? I, I never made it to the Kennedy Center. I got runner up, which I was Dang. really excited about, but I never. <laughs> hey, I mean, I never runner up's there. good. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if the the person or people who made it to the Kennedy Center have the career you have now. <laughs> I bet you keep not. tabs on them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you keep tabs on any people that you like? You know, competed against. Oh gosh, um, you know, I I. Don't I secretly? I'm, I'm well. I'm still friends <laughs> with one of the guys that I met on Instagram, but I I recently deleted my Facebook. So and there were a few Good people on you. there. So mm -hmm. I just don't know what they're up to anymore. <laughs> Sorry, right. you have to catch her on this podcast to yeah. find out what she's up to. <laughs> uh, um, well, that's awesome. That's that's exciting. I I remember when I was in college, we went to you know some festival or like we go to like SETC or. Yeah. And, the, and I remember the first one of those we went to, it was not SCTC, but something like that, where you audition for summer stock or whatever. And there was a Irene Ryan, like regional competition. That's where I learned about it. Nice. So, and, and, uh, Irene Ryan, just so you know, Justin, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't. She was uh granny from, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, 
goodness. Who who I, know that I, I may I hope I don't get this wrong. I may get my facts wrong, but I'm pretty sure didn't she like die on stage or like have a heart attack as she left the stage of a performance? Huh, you know, I am actually not sure, but I really want to find that out. I, wow. I kinda think I'm right and listeners feel free to like you know put it in the put it in the review section (laughs) ryan you were right or i was wrong whatever um so you mentioned that going to your college Mm -hmm. that you were very interested in languages and that's actually you know a skill that you have uh, uh, other languages besides english that we've been able to uh thank god utilize uh in some of these roles that you've you've been cast in um does that surprise you that this skill has been kind of, uh, you know, a factor in some of the roles you've gotten to play? Being able to speak French and what other languages? Oh uh, well, I, I speak Spanish, not not as well. I am a little bit rusty on it, but um, it's I can I can brush up on it. Um, and I I mean nobody really. Sp- Wait, this is really nerdy. Are we the so, only people <laughs> who cast you in? in french uh roles yes i mean it's (laughs) like it's crazy but this this last one you're the french teacher yes on Mm -hmm. looking for alaska which is amazing you know did you did you have to speak a lot of french or just a couple of scenes or episodes um just just a little bit just Just like some basic teach like teaching phrases but um they've they've done a few uh a few like videos for social media and stuff that they're going to post as it gets closer to release. Oh, so, sweet! Um, so that's so that's exciting. That's fun. But they have a dialect coach. No, no. They trusted. Yeah, she's saying the right yeah, thing. She, she sounds right. Yeah. I know what I actually said. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. That's none. Don't worry. Nobody listens to this. <laughs> I'm going to get a call from the studio. Why are you talking about this stuff? Um, yeah, would we we cast you in Zoo? You were French, yeah, mm-hmm. but Bear that was comes. all French. That was not uh, uh, an Eng- an English uh, woman playing a French teacher or anything. You were just a French, a French woman, right? Right, that's right. And you that's had right. scenes like, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't like one two lines. Yeah, that's the that's the one. You were the one that like a bear wakes up and yeah, they didn't have a real bear, right? Oh no, they okay. they no no as in. <laughs> As in yes. Oh goodness! Yeah, they had a <laughs> yeah. real bear there. I mean, yeah. they probably had like an animatronic, and then yeah, exactly. They had yeah. a they had an animatronic, and then they had a, um, a real bear because the bear stood up at one point. And yeah. um, I scary. it well, it was scary, but it was also really sweet because this bear was led by treats, and the bear <laughs> was led, if I recall correctly, was led by vanilla Oreos or like vanilla sandwich cookies, and at one point they ran out. Of the Noah's sandwich cookies, and so they had to hold to go get more. And it was, oh. I was just like, "This is the sweetest bear. Look, he's just like curling up and going to sleep, and he's just gonna fuss till he gets his treats. This is great." What a diva! So, <laughs> no, he was. I forget. Oh, I forget what his name was, but um, I, that was a first, definitely. Yeah. Working well, with. we have that in common. I worked with a bear once. No kidding. As an actor, what? I was in a, I was in a commercial for um, uh. An insurance company in Germany, I want to say. I did it in LA. And uh, I was the pizza guy delivering um, a pizza in the woods to two bears, but I didn't know they were bears. <laughs> the, the bears, are, the so bears were apparently famous. They were like a famous, like, you know, uh, famous, fam- bears? famous bears for this insurance <laughs> company. And, uh, you know, like one bear, and it's all in German, one bear says, like, uh, Did you order a pizza? And the other one says, uh no i ordered the delivery guy or something like that and and you know like goofy me like throws the pizza up and you know fred flintstones out can we find this commercial Um, on youtube it it exists find it if you find it uh send it to me because i want to see it it's for burner insurance company post a link in the in the comments oh my god if you find it's from like 90 it's got to be like 98 i want to say 1998 so good luck with that i, <laughs> that <laughs> I made a, i made a exciting. whopping 600 dollars for that commercial that's good money in probably yeah. i wonder how much the bears made mm, i wonder how good their agents cookies. were I, oh i'm sure they had great <laughs> agents oh the coolest thing about that 
um, I don't know if y'all think this is cool, but Van Halen was shooting a music video next door, like while I was shooting that commercial. And I was just like sitting around all day and I was like, Oh my God, Van Halen is shooting a music video. Like, so I was like seeing Van Halen walk around and, so that was cool. That That's is cool. cool. I, I kind of forgot about that until just now. You've lived an interesting way. life. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. I met Van Halen. So much, When man. I was working with German Bears, I met Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should totally pull that line out more often. That's awesome. <laughs> it was the uh, Sammy Hagar days. Oh, that's not yeah. cool then. I like Sammy Hagar. Okay. All right. So we got, we got a, a purist. Sammy Hagar camp and a David Lee Roth camp yeah. here, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, so tell us, uh, keep telling us a little bit about you. So, okay. so you finished college. Mm -hmm. How do you get mixed up in this racket? Uh, well, I, is it all right if I backtrack a little ba bit? Yeah, backtrack. Okay. Do it. So one of the, one, one wonderful thing about Middlebury is that there is a, the, there's a program they do every summer that's tied in with New York. It's called the Potomac Theater Project. And now it's called PTP, that slash NYC and it's an audition process and what they do is they will audition students undergrads for certain roles in um, off-broadway shows and if you get chosen you spend all summer and it's I mean it's it's basically an unpaid internship as well because you have to work in some aspect of the theater be it lighting stage managing costumes but you also get to act in it because there's at least two sometimes three shows that run in rep so I got to do that when I was a junior, um, and I got to do my first show uh, at the Atlantic stage, at the Atlantic Theater's second stage in Chelsea, um, and I worked with Jan Maxwell, who is, she actually passed away very recently, about a year ago, I think, um, but she was such a force and just a, a you know, New York veteran actress, um, and to be surrounded by a lot of, you know, equity actors was really great at that at that point because I could I could really learn a lot and really get a taste of what professional theater was like and I you know could start racking up my equity points and um and then a couple of years or a few years later I did another show with them um the the director of the company called me and said are you are you free for the summer would you like to play this role and I said yeah it was right not yeah. as not as an intern it was a hire to um to contract so i got my equity card so that's your pr first professional gig that was my first professional theater gig as a like because as an equity actor i suppose because that that gig got me my my equity card. card so that was really which exciting. is a, if anyone listening is not doesn't understand stage that is a huge accomplishment for a stage actor to get your union card because you. You, it's not like like on a in film you work one job saying one line you're eligible to get your your union card but how like how long do you have to work how many points do you have to get in order to achieve this well it used to be 50 points and they they take quite a while to add up but this one but there's some productions where if you get hired you automatically get your card. So I had been building on my equity points through through that company and then through shows here in New Orleans as well. But then when I got that, even though I already had a bunch racked up, that one just closed the gap. So nice. I got to I got to, to, to do that and um and then and that was really fun because I got to do this really obscure Yorkshire accent and I love I love doing accents. Okay, let's so hear much. it. Yeah. <laughs> let's hear it. Yorkshire. Um, Oh dear! Wait, I just I what should I say in it? Um, One of your lines um, from the play. <laughs> oh, I can't remember any lines from the play. I'll 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 pull it out uh, in an unexpected time. Okay. Okay. The, okay. I'll I'll answer a question or something. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, "What is happening?" I love that. <laughs> All right. So then, so what what's next? So then, what's next is um, after I graduated, a lot of my friends in college moved straight to New York. Uh, but I just, I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to afford that really. And I knew that it would be a lot of, um, a lot of time working just to survive. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to New Orleans. Gosh, how smart of you. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's really smart. You know, so many, so many actors are like, no, I'm going to do it. You know? And it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, I'm not going to have to work super hard. I'm just going to, you know, somebody's going to love me and they're going to cast me and then it's all going to 
snowball and i mean it only happens for there's a lot of actors Is that not it doesn't yeah. work it doesn't happen for everyone <laughs> all right so what then did you graduate um i graduated 2009 gotcha. okay mm-hmm. and um so i uh i came back and with the with the plan to do a lot of theater, really build up my resume. It's um, a great time to come back. Yeah, uh, that and and save a lot of money and, and work, and then and then I was like, and then I'll go up there. But what happened was I came I came back and um, I was doing a lot of theater, and I was working on a play with uh, Dane Rhodes and Andrea Frankel. We were doing a production of Titus Andronicus, and they both said, you know, do you have a do you, are you interested in film? And I said, well, sure, but I, you know, I've kind of I've kind of dabbled in it. Like I kind of I kind of tried to find an agent, and I, I actually worked on a couple of films when I was still in Middlebury, and I had to I flew home for them. I did a something for the Sci Fi Channel, and then a uh, a movie called The Yellow Handkerchief. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but as far as like really focusing on that, I hadn't really plunged into it, and they. They helped me find an agent, uh, Claudia Spiker, who was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And she comes up every, every episode. Every, <laughs> every episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, she does come up a lot. Yeah. Um, and I kind of hit the ground running with with that. And um, I actually remember my first audition with you. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. What it was, was it? I forget what the project was, but it was when the so this might have been maybe when I was when I was still in college because your office was by Bud's Broiler. Oh gosh. That was, that was like when I first transitioned back to new Orleans from Shreveport and I only had that office for like six months. Really? Yeah. Okay. I love that little, that little place. Okay. So it was by Bud's Broiler. So that had to be either like the campaign or it was, I did part of the campaign there or it was the loft maybe Hmm. or a commercial. I think it was, I, I gosh, I can't remember. I, I'm so sorry. I can't remember the project name, but I, and honestly, I can't remember if it was before or after Yellow Handkerchief because I was so nervous. I mean, I was so nervous and it was like, it was for like a hotel clerk or something. And I went in there and I was so nervous and I just, I was still kind of learning, learning the transition between theater and film and I totally blew it. I went in there and I, it was like one line and the line was like, would you like the room at the top of the stairs or something? And I went in and I was just like, would you like the room at the top of the stairs? And you, <laughs> it was so bad. And you were so sweet. You were like, and I just met you and you said, okay, uh, let's take it again. And you know what? Just, just say it. Just talk, like, like, just talk like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I don't think I did that, but I tried. Um, I didn't book it, which I was not surprised by. That's all right. That's all right. I, so. it's, it's weird. I Because I remember you through a Texas agent, maybe. And mm-hmm. and so I thought, I didn't think you lived here oh, or were even you. from here. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just assumed that you were like an Austin girl or like, I I don't know what I thought. But I just thought that you weren't really from here. And, and then, you know, over the years, of course, I've learned a lot about you and and gotten to see you many times in the room because you do live here and you are local <laughs> and you are from here. So, yeah, there is a lot of, I think I was kind of learning where to go agent wise. And when I was in college and, and away, um, I booked a couple of things down here and would just fly home. And then, uh, you know, life happens and you kind of, you kind of switch around yeah. and find, find the really like the right fit. And, um, sure. but I do remember, I remember that agency and I, um, I think it was them and then to Claudia and then, um, you know, and the rest is history. <laughs> so, but, uh, okay. So things have been pretty busy for you. Is that, has it been crazy like post doing Mudbound? Because I, I have to say that your Mudbound work, you know, while it might not be the hugest role in the movie, it's, it's pretty, it stands out. It's, it's your performance stands out. Oh, and, you. And I know that, you know, if I bring it up to, you know, if we're trying to make decisions and I bring up, oh, you, you might remember Lucy from uh, Mudbound. And they might say, uh, yeah, she was the neighbor who, you know, with the bloody knife and the, and <laughs> spoiler, sorry. Um, and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's, let's cast her. Oh, 
I mean, that that has happened. That's happened that, twice. That's, that has happened twice. Yeah. Um, and one was that commercial that that <gasps> you that you ended up with, uh, which I'm, you know, commercials can be like a long Ooh, shot yeah. sometime, or they can be like a really good thing. I saw that commercial in the movie theater, like play before a movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, which wow. commercial? The Toyota. Oh, oh yeah, no, Toyota commercial. One. Yeah, <laughs> Lucy was the central character. That was an interesting audition because number one, we went to the kitchen, and number two, do you remember when the director pulled you in and like I can't remember what he said, but it it ultimately was you yelling at the camera, like arguing with the camera <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm holding, and I'm just like, dang. Lucy remember he made us take the camera <laughs> into the parking yeah. garage and like. Yeah, we. Oh, he was not. We, we had to do. We had to do everything wacky for that. But like, he he threw you through the ringer. Like, I heard he. That? I heard he threw a snake on you or something. Oh, I'm sorry. She <laughs> just. <laughs> she just shivered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I have a. I have quite a phobia of. of, uh, of this. <laughs> I like. I didn't realize that. Like, I, I didn't know that that was. I, I knew that we were going to be working with dogs, and I love dogs. I just love them. Of course, these were attack dogs, but that's fine. Um, and. I didn't know that that was that creature was going to be in it, and um, I got to set and I looked at the storyboard for the day, and I was like, "So who's touching that? Uh, <laughs> who's touching that?" And I was like, "Who's who's something that?" Because all it was it was photos of a girl in the car with that on the passenger seat, and I was like, "Huh? Is there <laughs> so, is there a snake double? Because I, I am not." <laughs> but I, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to like. You're so sweet. Fussed, like, yeah. a problem. But I did ask, I did ask, um, I asked one of the, uh, I think the second AD maybe, I was like, what is, is this, because I kind of have, and, and I was like, but don't tell anybody. But of course he, you know, of course he told the producer. <laughs> he and told the everyone. He told everybody. <laughs> and so we, we get there and the director was very sweet. He was like, why don't you, why don't you come over here? So I, I, I go over to him and there's this man standing next to him with a backpack. And I was like. What's in the backpack? <laughs> and the guy takes takes the takes the pack off of his shoulder, and he was like, puts his hand in, and I'm, I'm like, my 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 fists are clenched, and like my stomach hurts, and I'm just like, uh. <laughs> and he he puts his hand in, and he takes out a a snake. She can hardly and say it. She can say. It. She can't even say it. <laughs> and it was you know light brown and white and the guy goes this is xerxes and i was like uh-huh <laughs> and i was like okay and i said one of my fears is that i i think one reason why i i am so nervous around them is because i can never tell are they gonna like, strike or or what and so i said i said is he is he nervous is he gonna get nervous and and strike and um xerxes handler looked at me with this so slightly affronted face and said he's not going to hurt you. He's very sweet. And I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, I'm sure he's sweet, but he can be sweet far away from me. Like, <laughs> I know that he's an animal. He has a soul. And I just, I feel really bad that I don't want to be near him. But, you know, whatever. I just, I just kind of rolled with it. And the action was, the the idea was that the guys who played my friends for this commercial had put him on the passenger seat as a joke and so I like open the door and get in and see him and then run and um the director was watching the monitor and he's like wow she looks really scared and I was like oh, yeah because okay. I'm freaking scared so, jerk we, we 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 kept resetting was that your accent what was that the accent that you were gonna throw in oh know. no, no oh was no she was doing she was doing Brazilian <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. um, so for for the resets every time I open the door Xerxes was closer and closer to the driver's seat Mm-mm. until he was on the console and I was just like, okay. And then for the final take, they put the handler in the back seat to hold his tail and I was like, is everything is everything okay? And he was like, oh, I'm just going to hold his tail in case he gets nervous and decides to shoot out over you. And I was like, up. okay. Was you like, said he didn't get nervous. Um, <laughs> you lied to me. Oh my gosh. It was very, but I, I, I was very, uh, I was, I was grateful because I, I, I know now that I can, I can do it. And, um, I just, I could, once we finished that scene, I could breathe again. And I was like, okay, this is cool. 
where it's crafty, I need some food. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> good, good, good for you facing your fears reluctantly, but oh. yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's awesome. So um, that was a good gig. And I know like, you know, commercials are, are what they are, but that, that happened to be a good one. We rarely get good ones here in new orleans and that was actually like a that was a big time that was like three spots and then i think brent did like three latin spots for the same campaign so they did a whole slew of them here which was nice oh and i'm super great like snake or not i'm super grateful for oh my god i would have a snake movie right now like well we're not casting her i would have i would have like shared my bed with that snake (laughs) for that commercial money come on i'm just kidding people i would not sleep with a snake (laughs) <laughs> all right so um so then you you're doing all these projects locally um did mudbound change things for you or still the same um huh. or you can't really uh, pinpoint if anything changed anything you've just been working <laughs> I, I i can't i can't quite i can't quite pinpoint that i'm I don't know if I, I'm I'm really bad with um like I didn't quite know how to I didn't quite know how to how to how to swing that how to swing like, like having that that be out there and now well I, I, I think I wasn't quite sure how to utilize it okay um, well that that's I, how do you like that's a great question like yeah. how do you take something uh that's significant like that you know that everyone's looking at mm-hmm. and parlay it into uh you know like utilizing this moment to to your benefit you know um i mean didn't you like was it because of mudbound that you landed sort of a, a bigger new york la agent that's that's true yes um well it was mudbound and um the i got an interview with them through working on the true don quixote Oh wow! Um, Tim Blake Nelson and I. He asked me. He said, "Do you have a New York and LA agent?" And I said, "Well, you know, no, not yet. I I'd had a couple of interviews when I was doing theater in New York, but at that time I wasn't prepared to be able to be there as often as they needed me. Um, so I was still trying to work and save up money to be able to do that. And um, he said, "Well, why don't, why don't why don't you circle back around?" And I said, "Well, I mean, I would I would I would love to, but I just <laughs> I'm, I don't quite know how to do that. I'm also really bad with." I'm I'm not good with taking the initiative um, at all. So, but he said, "Well, let me, you know, I let me." What? So That's awesome. I said, "Well, thank you," and he he did, and um, he's I, such a cool guy. He's such a cool guy. I got to I did his uh, movie uh, in Shreveport, Leaves of Grass. He directed, so I got oh, to work wow. with him, in you know, casting and director relationship, and he like his his callbacks with actors were just a masterclass. Yeah. I mean, he would take, he would spend like 45 minutes with everybody. And I mean, he's so, he's probably too smart for his own good. You know, like everything is theory and like, just like really diving into the characters. And, but I mean, it was great to, to get to just be a fly on the wall in the room and and watch him, watch him work. Very smart guy. Oh, he's so smart. We talked about, Dostoevsky and like Russian literature in between takes and I was like and he, he, he would bring it up he's like oh so you went to Middlebury did you ever read any of da 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 and I was like I mean not in its entirety but like <laughs> not on purpose <laughs> <laughs> wow that's awesome and and how's that been uh working out for you do they get you some activity up there or um, out in the yeah they it's it's uh they they get a lot of there there's so many different things that are filmed in that area like what i'm learning is that different things are filmed in different regions mm-hmm. um of of equal um of of equal you know caliber of course and um the auditions are they they do they do get some some very good auditions i think what i also learned is that when you start off kind of in a different in a different region um as far as like building a relationship with that that community it it kind of it kind of takes a while um oh, but sure. i spent over the past couple of years i've spent a good chunk of time up there just trying to meet all the casting directors because they're they're a lot and like yeah. they all cast different types of things and whatnot and so um it's been it's been i, I feel i feel good about it it's been good and 
one thing that they say, you know, they're like, um, this is, this is how you do it. Like you, you know, you're, you're kind of finding your footing up here. And especially since I'm not there, I'm here. Um, is there any pressure for you to, to be there? Um, there's, they, they don't really put pressure, but they, but they do say, you know, things might move more quickly if you were here full time, but we understand and like, we can make it work Mm -hmm. because I just, I mean, you work so much here. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be hard for you because you don't want to like give that up, you know, and, and move away. Not that you would totally give it up. You'd probably come back to work here, but I mean, your life is here. Yeah, exactly. You know? my, my life is here and I, I really, um, I, there's so many, there's so many wonderful opportunities here and there's so much just wonderful championing, champ, championing, champ, you know, championing. championing, championing, thank you. Championing. <laughs> there's, there's so much wonderful championing of talent in the Southeast and what, what's down here and what everybody can bring to it. And I really, it's, it's really lovely to be a part of to be a part of that, and um, I, 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 I think the idea that you have to be full time New York or full time Los Angeles to to work, I, I understand where that line of thought comes from, but um, I'm not, I'm not sure it's altogether true, and. Well, when you're talented, you're talented. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think you're I think you're doing good stuff, you know? And I think I mean, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you know, like I think honestly, just like as busy as it's been this year, I think we're gonna start seeing more people moving back here. Yeah. By the way, um actors who moved away, you should move back. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm still just hot, but there's work. There's a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff happening, yeah. you know, and everybody's busy. I'm like, for the first time in my, you know, career doing this, I'm having a lot of instances where I'm having to like get the next option, you know, for the role or mm-hmm. replace people because people are so busy. They're booked on other things and then schedules change, you know, like yeah. it used to be like, Oh, it's, you know, it's all going to work out. Like mm-hmm. this role is going to work one day. That role is going to work one day. We'll figure it out. You know, now yeah. it's like, it's just a lot going on, you know? We have yeah. like four or five roles in the past month that we've needed to replace because of yeah. availability or yeah. schedule changes. Like, Oh, wow. And it sucks. It, yeah. It sucks for tough. the actor. It yeah. sucks for us. Doesn't suck for the actor who gets to replace yeah, them. That's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, and I think that I think the thing is, is that um, I don't think you have to restrict yourself to working in a certain region because you can. Like, I I love being based here, and then if I need to, I can fly up to New York or LA. And um, I, I mean, granted, that was kind of part of my my arc. I I worked, I bartended for years and like waitress for years, as we all did. I know we all did, and I just really wanted to save up a. A, a nest egg to be able to to do that so like i'm aware that that's necessary um right but I but, think that but you're pretty much just acting these days right that's yeah. awesome she's shaking her head <laughs> yeah. yes yeah i mean that, that's, I mean, that's great that's, that's, the that's the goal i mean that's the goal that's that's amazing so okay the name of our show is talking like normal people because mm-hmm. you know you we know we worked with a director who told us a a you know urban legend that uh, what was the director Ang Lee was on the set of like the Iceman, and he was you know looked at his scripty or someone and was looking at the monitor and he said, "I just wish they would talk like normal people, mm-hmm. right? How mm-hmm. do you talk like a normal? How do you keep it grounded and real and natural? Um, do you subscribe to a method or like what's your process for for all this uh, for preparing for a role? Yeah. Well, I am. Um... When I first started out, I came very much from theater, and I had that—that that was a big learning curve because theater, uh, which I, I love, I love them both. Theater energy is very different because you you are reaching the audience on the stage. You are kind of you are projecting this this energy that you hope will encompass um, and and affect people. Whereas uh, on for for film, the the camera 
is coming to you and the camera will pick up everything so you don't you know if you are big on screen it uh it it erases authenticity whereas on stage if you're not then you don't have any authenticity so they're kind of they can be opposite in that sense so i um as far as preparing for role i try to find a piece of myself in every role um something that i can relate to something that that i can identify with because i think that for me without that then i i really can't hope to create a genuine character okay. if that makes any sense yeah, i always absolutely. try to put a little piece in it and and then as far as bringing that across on 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 screen one of my favorite things to do my my favorite kind of film acting actually is is not having any lines it's when it's when i'm reacting to something or or just listening i love doing that and i also love seeing that when i watch mm-hmm. movies or plays i watch I often will watch the people who are not talking, the people who don't have lines, the people who are listening, or the person to whom a speech is being delivered, as opposed to the person delivering the speech, because I really like seeing someone seeing someone think. Um, and in order to do that, you you have to. Well, I I find I have to be fully fully zoned into the character and fully immersed because then whatever's going through my head my thoughts will be will translate as such and and this is sort of a roundabout answer to your question i know no, it's great but oh, <laughs> um i think that trust plays a big plays a big role in it um whenever i see i mean i think we can all see like we've all seen performances where you can see the person trying Mm-hmm. And you can see the daily person. every day. You, yeah. you can sort of see that, and and when I see and when I when I see that, I um, and I mean I catch myself doing it sometimes, and I'm like, all right, I have to dial it back. Like I have to trust that what I'm what I'm doing is 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 being read because so you I'm, have to be aware of yourself, of your body language, of your what your head doing. Very very yeah. much so, and I think those sort of technicalities like head movement and um I, I used to blink a whole lot in auditions i know that sounds like something tiny but i still do sometimes and i have to be really careful about it because i think those technicalities uh working from the outside in are really helpful for film and um the the british way that they train in theater is they work from the outside in. they learn the you know traditional shakespearean gestures and then they kind of go into the emotional whereas american theater you know, Stanislavski and whatnot, we do like the emotional stuff first and then the... Probably with the Yorkshire accent, right? <laughs> oh, I haven't forgotten. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, it's, is it, it's just, um, it's very flat and um, very like, um, your mouth is always kind of open and uh, now I can't remember a line, but it's sort of like, Annabeth's from um, Downton Abbey, you know? Oh my gosh, um, that's good. That was kind of, I, I was resting <laughs> Do you watch I Fleabag? Have you watched Fleabag? No, but I heard about it. You should watch. Uh, yeah? If you like accents. Her I accent. Do. I guess she's a Yorkshire. I don't know. But that was sort of nebulous. So it's apologies. Good. It's a good show. <laughs> um, okay, well, that that's a really good. I'm not sure if you've completed it, but that was a great explanation of, you know, film acting versus stage acting and it sounds like you've done a lot of work to be able to get yourself uh the ability to get there you know when you need to that's cool thank you yeah i mean you know and i'm you know i know i think personality is a big part of all of this if Mm. a person has like you know a you know a nice personality an open personality and is open to like exploring themselves and exploring you know the characters and whatnot it it's gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be good you know and i think that you have like those tools just innately in you and maybe that's just years of training just starting from when you're 12 years old seeing the the plays at jesuit high school and Mm -hmm. you know um do you ever see any plays at de la salle 
I did, and they were great. They were, yes, right? They, they were. They were really, really good. Wait, De La Salle has a great theater program. Did you, do you know which plays you saw? Let's I wonder see. if I was in any. I saw The Odd Couple, and I, I saw uh, Charlie Brown, oh. and there's another one that I... These must be post-Brother Michael. He was the director. He, oh. he started it. Was this when it was co-ed? Do you know? Co-ed school? We were, I was yes. all boys. I remember when that switchover happened because I, I grew up nearby De La Salle and I used to walk to the Eckerd Drugs to get candy. And I remember I was terrified to walk in front of De La Salle because it was all boys and I was like <laughs> wow. so scared. You should have, yeah, you should have been. There were some gnarly kids there, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> um, awesome. This has been awesome. Um, so where, where do you see your career heading from here? Just taking it as it comes? Um, I think I think kind of taking it as it comes. I mean, it's 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 a bit of a difficult question for to answer for me just because it's so unpredictable and also I am I'm very much aware that this I'm just very much aware to that I mean, gosh, the opportunities here I'm I'm so very much appreciative of them and very aware that you know, this business can change on a dime. And so, sure. um, I, there's always, you know, there's, there's always going to be that little bit of fear. Um, like I was talking to one of the, one of the actors on the series that I just wrapped, um, who was very prolific career. We were talking about this. We were talking about, you know, the fact that there's always that nervousness and he was like, Oh, it never goes away. And I thought, at first, I was like, "Oh," but then I also thought, "Okay, good," because I don't, I don't feel it going away anytime yeah. soon. So I just sort of, um, just whatever opportunities arise, just try to match them as best I can and meet them. And um, some things will, some things may land, and some things won't. But um, just keep moving forward. Awesome. Do you feel successful? <laughs> You ask the most humble person. I know, I know. You should, because I, I, I think you're successful. But you know, just, just know that doesn't matter what I think, though. (laughs) What do you do when you're not acting? Uh, When I'm not acting, I, I have a little, I have a little side jewelry business. Oh, really? Um, mm -hmm. Side hustle. I love a side hustle. (laughs) Did you know I'm like a hustler? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm always looking to like for side hustles. I have one brewing right now. I can't. I can't announce it yet. Oh, it's secret. That's yeah. exciting. Okay, so jewelry. Jewelry. Um, it, it's kind of. It's become a little bit latent. Um, over the past few years, just because things have been, things have been kind of busy and, and hectic. But, um, work has been busy and life has been. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so the point is, I I haven't had as much time to devote to it. Sure. But um, I and I also on that same note. I also invent cocktails. Um, oh, you invent them? I do. I have. Uh, you made one at a party I was at recently, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you call those fancy bartenders again? Oh, mixologists. Are you a mixologist? I mean, I don't know if I would call myself that. I just, I just like to put things together and invent things. And because um, I, when I was bartending, I was just bored with all the standard liquors we had, so I began to kind of mix things up and people began to get to know that about me and they would be like, oh, hey, make me something. I like sweet stuff. And I was like, okay. And then I realized, hey, I really like this. So I started a little business. I called it the Boozy Beagle because I have a little beagle. And um, I just, people, if they're having like a private party or something, they might hire me and um, like to design the cocktail list? Yeah, yeah. To like make, like invent the cocktails. And um, I I like to make shrubs and simple syrups and I use spices and vinegars and stuff. And I'm doing one I want to have a party. I yeah, have a party. I'd love to meet one. I birthday yesterday. I told you all week to have a party. It was your birthday. It was. I'm 46, y'all. I don't believe it. I am. I'm 46. (laughs) Happy birthday. Thank you. I said that first off. I didn't. Well, that's all right. (laughs) When people hear this, it'll be uh, it'll be like months from now. Yeah, no, it'll be like a week from now. (laughs) So I'm 46 and a week. Okay, so you're doing a party coming up. Um, I am. I again that that that's kind of fallen a little bit it's because just because I don't have as much time to devote to it. But, um, I, uh, my, my friend's mom, um, does some stuff with the petite and they're having a small little gathering to kind of promote the season for the theater. And so I'm doing a drink 
tentatively named the producer's choice and um just gonna actually gonna be working on that this afternoon oh good cool well if you need some taste testers let us know oh yeah i should have brought the ingredients (laughs) (laughs) um cool so we usually save a couple of minutes if you have any questions for us like you know, as casting folks from the actor point of view to casting that you want to know, you can ask. But if not, it's no pressure. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think I have a couple. Uh, or I this is this is very specific okay. and a bit strange, maybe right. kind of. But um, I'm gonna let Justin answer it. Okay. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> I can answer. I'm just kidding. Like this might not. Okay. Just do it. Okay. Um. I, if, if, like, I forgot to say my agency name in a slate. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. We, you come in our room, all we ask you to say is your name and height. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We know who your agent is. <laughs> no. Okay. Do you have anxiety about that kind of stuff? <gasps> I forgot to say my agency name. What am I going to do? Oh my gosh, I got to redo it. <laughs> uh, it's really important, you know, they I mean, ask you to do it. It's it can't be that important. I can't tell you. Like, okay, slating. The only, This is why we slate. Because we we need, like, we know you. But the everybody's freaking taping. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many tapes. Nobody in L.A. is seeing you in person. The Half the time on television, the producers of the show aren't seeing you in person. They're booking you from tapes. Nobody knows what your full body looks like. We mm-hmm. need to get a full shot. We want to get you just talking in a relaxed, mm-hmm. you know, environment, not doing the scene, just to make sure you're not a nutty person. Mm-hmm. Um, not you specifically, but other people, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> just so like it's a, a, a fair shot for everyone. Like, yeah. you know, they get to see what what the options are and if it's what they're thinking uh, physically and make sure you're you're cool yeah you know it's really and a lot of times it's just details on being organized Mm -hmm. like we have very particular tape guidelines and like you're supposed to label it and you're supposed to do it this way and that way and it's mainly just to keep us organized like we are doing an episode right now and there's people that didn't even send in a slate and it's just like okay we're gonna put you up obviously but can you please send us any can you take a picture of yourself and send it real quick so we can show the producers um you know, don't panic too much about if you forgot a part of your slate or anything like that. <clears throat> but I I know you well enough that you'll you'll sleep at night. Everybody knows you around here. Come on, come on. <laughs> all right, all right. So does that answer that? It it does. I just think like I would hate for you know a lapse in direction following to be like construed as you know, flippancy or something. Too yeah, sure. too many people aren't doing it right for you to stand out. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh gosh. Uh, All right. What else? Um, I'm kind of curious as to, and I think I mean I know part of this answer because I've, I've heard y'all talk about it, but um, if on um, if if uh, if a character has a very obvious um interpretation. If somebody were to do something that was completely different, mm-hmm. but still interesting, would that be something that you would consider, even if it's against what has been directly stipulated from the, or? It's a risk. It's a risk. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would probably want a, want to get one that's maybe a little more on the nose mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to have, Yeah. you know? So I would definitely do two takes. I mean, if you come in the room, maybe fill out the casting director and say look i have kind of an offbeat way to play this or should i just play it straight just ask yeah i mean okay. you know i would i would prepare yeah. prepare for either and then you know i don't know if you think if you like feel really strongly about it just do it like i i don't want to like hinder the actor when they come in the room mm-hmm. you know i don't want to like if someone comes in the room i'm i try not to like give them instruction like before they even do anything you know i want them to do it and then if we need to do it a second time you know even sometimes we don't need to do it a second time we'll do it a second time i'll give a little adjustment or whatever but um yeah i guess to answer that question yeah it can be a risk um Mm. because a lot of times you know the writers and the producers or the director you know they have a specific idea of what they want and sometimes we don't even clearly know what that is um 
So maybe in if we don't know clearly what that is, maybe it is. You might be good, the one that it, knows. You, it might be good to take that risk. I see. Um, so you know, if a lot of times when you say you know screw it, is when you <laughs> you know when you don't give a crap anymore is when yeah when things start to happen and you start to you know book lots of like good interesting roles. Yeah, I think it's okay to yeah. to take risks. A glorioso you know? casting pro tip. Cause I, cause the way Ryan watches tapes, if you do take that risk and you upload, if you self tape and upload two tapes, put the risky one first. Cause if Ryan hates it, he'll say, Oh my God, this is way wrong. What's the second one look like? Yeah, that okay. is true. But sometimes, you know, if you're in a hurry, if the first one is on the nose and you're like, that's great. I'm, you know, we might not have time to watch the second one. We might just roll yeah. with the first one. Yeah. Okay. So it might be might be a good idea if you do submit a self tape to maybe like when you're labeling it or like put a little note that says, "Hey, the second take is is a little wacky," you know. Okay. Or know. the first, you know, yeah. I did one that was a little offbeat. Yeah. You know, just to to let us know, because yeah, we are moving fast. Mm -hmm. Um, you mm -hmm. know, like yesterday we had, you know, what 120 tapes to watch. That was God. halfway through and, the day. It started that, with like three hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. But and they were really like a lot of them were yeah. long. Like yeah. like one of the characters is fourteen pages. You, you know, and it's just one. like oh, brutal to sit through <laughs> that. It's brutal it to sit through that many auditions. You know, and I, sure. I it that many tapes when they come in live, it's better because I get to do something mm -hmm. other than like. Try and focus TV. for a, a six-minute audition. It's very easy to get distracted on yeah. watching self tapes because, like, you they lose if you they lose your attention, then you can just roll your eyes, and next thing you know, you're looking at Instagram. Yeah, and that's probably not a good sign. But <laughs> but are we fatigued? We might be fatigued. Yeah. You know, I, we had a producer come in here once who was like, you know, I like that person, but I found myself getting distracted. You know, when I was watching the tape. So maybe it's not the right. Yeah. You know, don't let us get distracted. I mean, you do, you do what you can, right? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. So I think that's. Mm -hmm. You got Any another question? one? No, no, that's okay. I had, I had one question. Maybe you could answer real quick. Mm -hmm. Do When you think about auditioning, do you think about it more as a, a grind to get work or is it a process you enjoy? I. I, I, I like it a yeah. lot because I feel like I feel like if your goal obviously the goal is to book it but um if you kind of look at that end game and not look at the path there if that makes any sense um I feel like it's I feel like that's dangerous because also and I, I could be wrong but I also feel like a strong audition even if you don't get it, it could lay the groundwork for a future opportunity and I think um sure. This might segue into something else. I don't want to talk y'all's ears off. No, try it. I just, try as it. far as like not booking something, because I was thinking about this on the way here, and like as far as, um, I, I think it's important to, you know, because as actors we get so down on ourselves sometimes if we don't book something, but I think it's important to recognize and appreciate when you have given a good audition because that in and of itself is something to be, to be proud of, I think. And just on that note, like not booking things, um, which is obviously like the worst part of this, of what we do because <laughs> right. like that's what we want. Yeah. But that I I think that's as far as like some of the most important things that I've learned. I think I've like if you don't book a role, yeah, like let it get you down for a little bit, but then don't let it keep you down because I really do believe like if you didn't get it, you didn't get it for a reason, and it's somebody else's then. And like you you don't want something that's somebody else's. You want something that's your own and i just that i don't know i just say that because that like sort that. of helps the mental anguish i like that mentality <laughs> that's good no that's you know there's only one person for the role mm -hmm. right there's only one person for the role and it's the person who gets it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um cool what is there anything that you would want casting or producers to know about you that they don't know this would be the final question you don't have to answer it if you don't want but now everybody wants you to answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh gosh, you mean like in terms of skills or yeah, skills oh. or about your you, your personality. Um, 
I, you can juggle or, you know. <laughs> um, I like to sing. I'm just really shy about it. Um, I love to dance. Um, I feel like I'm just sort of spitting <laughs> special <laughs> skills, and I feel really weird about that. Um, I... I think I'm, I'm I'm I tend to be kind of shy in person, but that all changes when I'm at work. Like that all changes on a stage or or in front of a camera. And I um. I, and you're a swing dancer, aren't you? Yes. I yes. knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. I knew that. All right, this was awesome. This was fun. Welcome back, Justin. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for coming oh, and being our pleasure. first our first guest back after a hiatus. pretty extended hiatus of the show. Um, I gotta thank. Uh, I'm gonna thank Jason, even though he's not here, but he's gonna help <laughs> us edit this thing, especially that little blurb at the beginning. Sorry, it's been edited out. You won't know you what it is. <laughs> um, follow us on Instagram uh, at Talk Like Normal. At Glorioso Casting, at Jason Edwards TV, at Full Grown Mouse, Justin TC underscore underscore. Are you Instagram on Instagram? I am. I am on Instagram. Do you want people to follow you or no? I mean, if, if they want to. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. They're going to check you out. Yeah. What is it? Um, It's lowercase L-A Faust 11. My initials and my last name. Nice. Wonderful. All right. We're out. I do not want a song from you, Ryan Adams. Bye. <laughs> Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com.